Hello and welcome to the Fire Up Podcast. I'm your host, Deborah Trapin. I'm so thrilled to share a new mini-series here on the podcast called Spill the Tea. Join Molly McKinley and me for conversations about being intentional and confident in uncertain times and beyond. Molly is the CEO of Intentionalities and host of the Afternoon Tea Podcast. So in honor of our shared love of tea, pull out your sassiest teacup, brew your favorite tea blend, snuggle into your coziest spot, and listen in on this hour of togetherness. Get ready to hear us sharing ideas too, best practices around, and of course, highlighting our favorite people, brands, and initiatives, positively serving humanity, and sprinkling joy over their slice of the galaxy. Without further ado, let's spill the tea. Hooray! Hello world! It's Tuesday. It's December. Friend, it's December. Wow. It is the first Tuesday of December, December 1st. I cannot believe that it is already December. I mean, there's part of me that's like, of course it's December because it's been that kind of wild wackadoodle year where, you know, we wake up and summer, poof, gone. Yeah. Uh, Wow. I'm, you know, I I think part of being entrepreneurs is we aren't controlled by the um, January through December calendar and goals and and fuss. (laughs) Like it's not to me, it's not like, oh, yay, January 1st is like the world will be different and there's a clean slate. Like I just I've I've not lived that way. I I, for a couple decades. (laughs) Yeah, right. Uh, but I do love the first of every, every month. Yeah. It, well, I, I agree. Well, I definitely feel um, I'm at I'm re- I'm at the beach right now, and so um, I had a wonderful long walk this morning on the beach in my winter coat and my winter hat. So <laughs> it feels like the seasons are turning, um, which is great. But um, what I love about this is the fact that typically I am super crazy this time of year, getting presents and parties and doing this and doing that, which is actually out of synchronicity with, I think the way the cycles are meant to be because the natural world hibernates, right? Um, so today being alone, literally alone on the beach, there wasn't a single soul in, in sight, you know, reminded me how important it is to honor that, the hibernation of the season, you know? Well, I think that's so beautiful because I remember us talking about this in March. Like rewind <laughs> all the way back to March, and we were talking about the the cycles and how the the flu or what. At, at that point, we didn't e- we didn't realize the enormity of what was coming with COVID, right? Like experts and scientists were telling us that, yeah. But we'd never experienced anything like that in our lifetimes, our parents' lifetimes, yeah. and so we. But we were talking about how everything's a little backwards, right? Mm -hmm. It's like we hustle and hurry and go, go, go in November, December, and January. And then we chill out in the summer. Yeah. (laughs) It really should be the exact opposite. However, this is like a perfect example. As entrepreneurs, we can go with our own flow. Create your own cycle. Yeah. Create, like follow. It took me years as a business owner to become comfortable with not being an early bird. Mm. 
I felt so much pressure from all of the hustle and hurry and the go, go, go. And if you're not up at 5 a.m. and working out, and da, 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 like you're missing out. I, and I really felt the pressure of that. I yeah. thought I, I, my business will fail if I don't do this. What am like, I got to get up. I got to get up. I got to get up. And uh-uh, no way. I don't do that now. I'm actually in bed after Andrew gets up now. And it's bizarre. Yeah. It, like he's still like this morning I was laying in bed all curled up. I mean, I still, my eyes still wake up at 641. Yeah. I still look around, but I, I snuggle in there <laughs> and I, I have words and meditation time and, mm -hmm. um, but I don't feel that stress. And so I'm hoping that that helps someone today who's listening, who's feeling that stress, like, oh my gosh, I have only the next four weeks to get everything done. Or if I, if I don't meet what I said I was going to meet in the next four weeks, it's done. That goal is crash burned. Like, no, I love that. I, I cherish my morning time because I'm, I also am not an early riser. I am a night owl and, um, I love to write at night. That's my, those are my best hours. But for me, um, I love, love to have my meditation and my full morning ritual and my bathing and my reading. And that's part of the reason why I read so many books is because I do it in the morning. Um, I don't do, wait till nighttime and then I prioritize it. Right. So it's a part of my schedule. Yes. Yeah. Well, it's so interesting. There are so many women that I've interviewed in the last few years who have said, oh, I don't, I don't read books because I always fall asleep. And I've often thought, well, then why don't you do it at a different time of day? Mm. <laughs> and I think that what you just said is exactly, it. it's not a priority. When when things are a priority, we do them first. That's it. And that doesn't always mean it's the most enjoyable. I mean, obviously reading books is enjoyable. But it's also, you know. it's also development, right? I mean, yes. Yes. I think the big aha moment for me is it's not a luxury, right? The more I read, the more that, um, you know, that, that work is prioritized, actually everything else benefits, mm. um, you know, yeah, ideas are clear, inspiration strikes, you know, aptitude expands, you know, all of that happens because, um, you know, it's exposure. And when you're in, if, when you're in the work as a creative, right. As someone who's strategic, their job is to strategically create things, right. Yes. I need to have access to lots of different ideas so that I can, um, have a, a a deep well to draw from. I love that. Well, and again, the words that we use that wrap around the things that we love, like I have a deep well to draw from, mm -hmm. feels so good. It it draws you towards doing the activity that mm -hmm. creates that feeling inside of you. And I'm I'm so excited because this week I am doing a goals workshop, a goals workshop, which are two things, two words. Um, <laughs> don't really sing to me, but they are worldly words, right? Yeah. So I'm drawing people in. Uh, it's actually tomorrow at mm -hmm. 11 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. I'm doing it for the, the Woman Up Wisdom series. Okay, and cool. there is um, there's a section in this training that I guide people through that is all around how we write out a goal. Mm. Like how we actually write it out in ways. And you know me, I love my little bubble formulas, right? Like mm -hmm. what is the goal? Who are the people? What are the activities? Mm -hmm. How will you feel? And every time I walk through that, I get an epiphany too. I'm like, oh, I need to change the word way I'm thinking about that. Mm -hmm. um, or how I'm wording things. You know, our words are so incredibly powerful. 
Yes. Uh, uh, speaking of words, I see that um, our brother, Sean Carpenter, is here with us today. He is a king among men with how he wraps his words and, and you know, is, repeats his passion and purpose. Yes. And he infuses it. At it. Yes, he is. He is. So, hey, bro. Uh, <clears throat> the... Uh, We've skipped our tea. Let's talk about our tea because I have a really cute cup and uh, pots and I'm drinking intentionalities. Oh, good. You want to start or you? Yes, I will start. So let me, so I'm drinking wellness. Yay. Yes. So for those of you who have not tried the wellness, oh my goodness, organic lemongrass, rose hips, ginger root, lemon myrtle. I love lemon myrtle. Like I, I love saying myrtle. Um, <laughs> and, and of course, organic lavender. So the, the, the scent of this tea is like aromatherapy in itself. Yeah, well, and the wellness candle actually corresponds to that. It has of the, the same um, base Ooh. of lavender so that you really can. Well, and I usually sip wellness at, at bath time because of the lavender in it, mm -hmm. right? I have the lavender in the tub and the lavender in my cup and mm -hmm. I feel all, you know, cozy and woozy. Um, but my cup is the cup from my, the tea parties from when we got married. Oh, I love that. Oh, yeah. isn't she pretty? And she's a little, coats. yes. And since we just had our beaver moon on, well, really yesterday. like yeah. Yeah, yesterday, 1.30 a.m., I thought I'd bring the roses out and then my I love her. Oh She's, my gosh. She is one of my favorites. And of course I have a little, you know, catch all here. Um, but yes, I love this one. And so I, I have wellness and my, my intentions are for wellness for myself. However, this big pot represents all the other people I will be drinking wellness for. Oh my gosh. I love that. <laughs> yes. The fullness of it all, the full belly of that, that teacup. So um, that teapot. Um, yes. I'm actually thinking about um, building a little ceramic studio on my farm because um, I used to do pottery and I haven't done it and I'm trying to incorporate that back into my life. Yes, yes, yes. And I was sort of obsessed back in the day about teapots and this is long before I ever had a tea company. So it's funny how things come full circle, but the belly of that pot is glorious. And she's so fun to hold too. Yeah, it's great. So yeah. I love, I love it. That. And I love that you call it a belly, the belly of the pot. <laughs> I love it. It reminds me of the um, you know, Venus of the, what is it? The um, Willendorf is she's the uh, sacred feminine. Um, oh, you're so good at remembering all of those things. I need like a beautiful board. Yeah. Well, I'm a history major, so it's weird. Don't ever play trivia with me if I, if there's art questions, because uh, that stuff, it, it's deep in, it's deep in there, but it, it can't come out every now and then, you know? Hmm. I say, I don't, I rarely play trivia again. I rarely play trivia to win. I play yeah. trivia to learn. Yeah, no, I'm with you on that. <laughs> like I love listening and learning to all of the questions. I, I, I don't know. Again, it's just a, a, a personal, how I compete is, is not the same. I'd rather have beer and listen to the questions and answers than stress out about getting the answer right. <laughs> I, I can't say that's exactly true for me. I mean, I, no, I, no, you are definitely a different, different yeah. type of competitor. Than yeah, I, I like to play to win, actually. So. Yeah, I, I know you do. <laughs> but see, that's why I like I could be there cheering you on. That's so yeah. fun. Oh, uh, I see Amita and Renee. Welcome, everyone. So, yeah. what do you have? What is you're at the beach? So you, I'm at you, the beach. So this cup is not mine. It's just at the beach, but it's cute. Um, it's cute. Yeah, yeah, it's nice. But what I have in here is I have. I don't know if you can see. I'm gonna spill it on my keyboard like I do typically. Yeah. 
Yeah, so this is actually a little blend that um, I make almost every day. Uh, it's just uh, lemon, sliced lemons, honey, um, cinnamon, turmeric, and then um, a dash of cayenne. Mm -hmm. And is sort of uh, antioxidant, anti-inflammatory, um, sort of goodness drink. And it's warm and cozy and toasty and great for digestion. So, um, Well, I'm going to say it again. You should really blog about that. <laughs> My little uh, concoction that I would Well, I mean, instead of, you know, it, it, instead of intentionalities, ascending free intentionalities tea, it's a... Let me share with you some of the blends that I make. I know. I, you know what? It's true because that this year with the garden, you know, we've got all of the boxes. We grew so many herbs this year so that we could know what they felt like or, or what they were like from seed to, to root. And most of these medicinal herbs, the root has medicinal property too, right? Yes, yes. Um, you know, especially marshmallow, for example, which is actually the base of traditional marshmallow, but it has medicinals. But it has been you know, it has been quite an experience. And I'm certainly a hobby herbalist, but not an expert. And um, my gold standard, and this is where I'm shooting for, as I read in a book one time that to be actually consider yourself an herbalist, you need to understand at least 20 roots and 20 uses of each, of each 20 plants and 20 uses of each plant to actually have like some street, street cred. So that's my, my goal is to really know 20 plants well, so. I love that. Yeah. I think that's a, a a wonderful goal. Yeah. And again, that's, that's my kind of goal, right? Yeah. That's like my kind of competition. Like I'm going to get there. Yeah. yeah. So I'm, I, I think you're going to do 26. <laughs> I think it's going to be 26. Cause that's 13 times two. Um, <clears throat> that's, that's what I'm feeling. That'll feed your competitive side too. <laughs> okay. So we, we're talking about gratitude today. We're, and I think I, I'd love to talk about gratitude in a different way than everyone was talking about last week, yes. right? That, you know, people were sitting around the table and, and doing their, you know, what are you grateful for, those types of things. And I think that's great. I think that reviewing what you're grateful for is, it, that should be a daily practice. Yeah. It, it, that is a should. I'm going to should on you. I am. <laughs> Don't but, step in the should. Don't step in the should, but kind of step in the should. It's like, it's, I don't want to shame you, but I kind of want to highlight something here for a second, right? It's the, sometimes we need people to point out things to us and help us correct us and make us better, right? And this is one of those moments, like don't wait for the month of November to be thankful, <laughs> which I feel like a lot of people do. I feel like a lot of people are like, yay, it's gratitude month. It's like, well, Especially talk about what it looks like on a daily basis yeah. and, and how, you know, how, how to do that, but not to necessarily do it. The, the traditional, like writing it in a journal, the, the other ways that we can really inspire a grateful spirit in those things that we're doing. And you kind of started off the show um, talking about it a little bit. Um, so let's, before we dig in um, my, my, literally my feet are like, we haven't brought done any breathing yet we're on the floor <laughs> your feet are like ground me, ground me. ground me seriously it's so funny they are funny well this is um again we've done this but we're going to take a different spin on this right and we're going to apply the, the lens of gratitude to this breath so we're going to close our eyes we're going to reach through the crown and root through the seat feeling the connection of the toes on the earth 
And just bring your awareness to the chest, the heart center, maybe even bringing a hand to the chest that helps focus. And just really with each breath, feel that rise and the fall of the chest, expansion of the ribs. Just really connecting here, that full breath, breathing and pulling it right into that heart center. And just being here with this breath, thankful that the body knows and operates here without having us give any thought. So when we bring that thought and awareness to the breath, attach gratitude to it. And from the chest, breathe the heart into the mind's eye and the mind to the heart. Heart to the mind. In the mind to the heart. Last time, inhale, heart to mind. And big exhale, release it back to the heart. Mm. Yay! My toes are happy. <laughs> you know what's so funny is the, the, the affirmation. So the affirmation this week is, I breathe life into every room I enter and yeah. sprinkle gratitude and moxie filled glitter wherever I go. <laughs> and just saying it makes you kind of want to sing song it, right? Uh, but the, the breathing part of it, this is a huge, this was a big reminder for me. Mm. This week was a big reminder for me about breathing life into every room I enter because yeah. I've kind of been in the same rooms all year. <laughs> And I feel like I haven't been intentional about like walking into my room, into, into this space and good morning space. You know, how's everyone feeling this morning? You know, like blessing the desk and talking to the, to, to all of the things that support me and what I do on a mm -hmm. daily basis. Mm -hmm. uh, and so that's the first thing that popped into my head today is it's like, how are you walking into rooms grateful for what supports you? Mm. Well, I love that. And I think this is a wonderful time of year to practice that because when we walk into spaces and there, there could be lights or a tree or a decor that kind of creates that anyway. And when we have those moments of awe, we often respond, we breathe in, right? Like just naturally, like, you know, and so that is the default mechanism of gratitude, right? And gratitude is the gateway to joy. So if we remember and use our breath, that, that awe breath as a trigger, and we actually create that with intent, you know, we actually can reshape how we show up in every room, you know? Yes. Yes. So I want to encourage everyone as you walk into your, the rooms, if you walk into your home studio spaces, your, your bedrooms, the bathroom, I mean, Honestly, like I rewatched Little House in the Prairie. Oh, I love it. 
I mean, like, I love that show. I love that show. Uh, and I, I mean, I grew up, <clears throat> I was born in Minnesota. And so the folklore around Laura Ingalls is huge there, yeah. as mm -hmm. you can imagine. Yeah. And like, I'm watching that and, and thinking they had to go outside to tinkle. <laughs> or they did it in the bedpan, which is even worse, right? Ew. Uh, but I mean, and that was an invention. Right. Like having a an outhouse was an invention. And so like walking into the bathroom going, yay for the toilet. Like these things that again, they wouldn't necessarily make it to your journal. <laughs> <laughs> but but walking into the spaces that you've been walking into consistently since, you know, basically the middle of March mm -hmm. and and not experiencing other spaces, like how can you look at them with a filter of gratitude, a way like a child would look at it. Yeah. And and be in awe. I love that. Well, it's well, this year we kind of because of COVID and because we've been stuck in the house, right? I mean, although we we are we have this a beach house for the for a month. Um, so we'll be coming back and forth. Um what? That's, such, that, that's something to be grateful for right there. I wish I lived by you. I know, girl. <laughs> I'm telling you, like there this is this is like we're going to turn this into a thing like just having like our december writers retreat our our little group of of creatrixes you know who we can meet and in december is about self-care and creativity and we can write and paint and do ceramics and all of the things that's what i'd like december to be about it's it's our first the the first seed of ayaya that's it I'm telling you, that is, that is, <laughs> yes. Now, for those of you who are like, what's Ayaya? You have obviously not listened to our recommendation of, well, I mean, one of the top five books that we've talked about in 2020 so far, and that is Circe. If you've not read or listened, listen to Circe. It's so good. The woman's voice who reads it, it's so lovely and luscious. You just, you literally want to just crawl in to her voice. Yeah. Exactly. And it's about the life of Circe. It, it's it's very modern. It doesn't have like thou fort shawls in it. It definitely uh -huh. is written in a modern voice, but she lives on it. I well, she was basically banished. I know, like the the blessing of being banished to a place like Ayaya. And in my mind, when it first happens, I'm thinking, how could a goddess be banished? And then it's like, well, she's banished, but there's a beautiful cottage and there's animals and beautiful trees and herbs. And you know, like, she basically becomes this force to be reckoned with. And she be, you know, it becomes um, her best and highest self. I love that. I know. Because of that space. Uh, and oh, planting the seeds. Ear butter, you know? Yes, ear butter. Yeah, it is. It's it's creamy and delicious. I mean, really, it is. Uh, and I don't like I said after the situation with the other book, and I'm not going to say it because I don't want this to ever come by that other. But I was so shocked at what she looked like, I couldn't get it out of my head after I I saw her. And so I like to have an idea in my mind's eye. I want to just stick with my imagination. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, I see Miss Mia's here. Hi, Mia. Um, the ease of the I, can, I, can, I can see um, 
comments today. I normally can't. Stacey said like there's a nose poking out from underneath the covers. I don't see it, but over oh Miss Lizzie's here behind oh, me. Yeah, that's he was it. peeking out. Yes. I know I'm very thankful. I'm not sure exactly what's happened between Facebook and all of the third party tools like Zoom and BeLive and mm -hmm. StreamYard, but they seem to be working really well this week. Yeah. Which is great. Wood, right. Yes. Yes. So we it's it's been wonderful. Um, so, th so the, the entering the, the different rooms is huge. I also had this amazing experience with my little, um, grand nephew, grand nephew. Yes, I guess. I mean, my niece's son. Yeah. <laughs> like he's my grand nephew. Yeah. Uh, he is, he's doing this new thing where he wants morning coffee with his parents. And how old is he? He's one. Yes, that's cute. But they all, you know, they have their mugs and they're like drinking, mm, awing, because the coffee tastes so good. And so they gave him this his little sippy, like yeah. they give it to him with like some oat milk in it, like they warm it up, a little oat milk with some water. Yeah. And and he holds it and he drinks it, and he goes, ah. That's adorable. And, and it it reminded me of the joy that we feel, right? The the joy when we have, when we experience something, when we drink something or eat something, or well, really when we consume something that that makes us feel good or that tastes good. We, and so like do that after you drink your next cup of really delicious tea or a mug of coffee or whatever it is that's in your cup or stem, you know, give yourself a good, I love that. I mean, because we, we were, what I was starting to say is that because of COVID this year and because the kids are, you know, everybody's struggling a little bit, right. With mental health and just like missing out on, on things. Right. So the kids decorated, um, they got trees for their room, you know, and they decorated themselves and they're starting to, I love that. yeah, we actually, our tree is really ridiculously big this year. Um, we have very high ceilings. And so we thought we were getting a 12 foot tree. And that, I swear that tree is like 16 feet. I mean, it's ginormous. But <laughs> I know. Well, Stacy looks like this big in front of it in that photo. That, oh, that you took. Good, right? She looks, yeah, she is. Every single one of those ornaments, literally every single one of those ornaments represents a memory. And from the time the kids have been babies, they've gotten an ornament every single year for um, Christmas in their stocking. And so they each, you know, my oldest is almost 18. So he is, you know, this, all of these ornaments now that embody each of his years. Mm. And, you know, it's just like, so decorating the tree and now they're, they're taking the, some of their ornaments and they're putting them in the, on the trees in their own rooms, you know, is, I mean, it is, a, it's, it's all memories, you know, and so it's very cool. So it's, it's apropos that our tree is so ridiculously huge this year. Yes. Um, you know, we need the space. Yeah. Well, and it's filled with, you know, memories. And so, but what's interesting is going to happen is that, you know, when my son leaves the house this year, you know, for his next stage, you know, he's, he's going to take the tree and all of his ornaments with him, right. Yes. As it should be. Yeah. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how that whole plays out. But yeah, but anyway, so walking in the rooms is easy to have that moment, right? Because their little trees represent their lives, you know? Well, so something that my mom did for, uh, for us, for me, when I moved out is she actually gave me a little tree, mm -hmm. like it, not a real tree, a little fake tree that, I don't know, it's probably from Michael's or something like that, but it looks like a real tree. Like it's yeah. actually got a wood 
Like it's, mm -hmm. it's got a big branch in the middle mm -hmm. and it's, I call it my memory tree. Mm -hmm. And so the memory tree actually goes out on its own still every year. Yeah. Whatever, 20, 30 years, 30 years, I guess I've had mm -hmm. it. <clears throat> and it has like the little, uh, the little orphan Annie ornament from the, when I was 11 and I was obsessed with Annie and mm -hmm. like all of the different little ornaments. And I love putting that tree up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love it. it. I don't, I haven't mixed it with the, the ornaments on our other tree. Cause that's actually where Andrew and I's memories are mm. like every year we get a, we get an ornament that represents that year in our marriage. Mm. And so, um, I love the idea of, I mean, we always remember the memories. It's like, Oh yeah. I remember that year we went to Winault or remember that year that we went to Paris or remember that year. Like, yeah, like, totally. like we remember it, but I think that sprinkling gratitude over putting each one of those ornaments up is something that I haven't been intentional about. Maybe I've been doing it. And the memories with the gratitude, right? I love that. I love that they have their own trees too. Well, and even if you don't celebrate Christmas, right? Because there's lots of um, the season of Yule, right? Uh, yes. And it's tied. Um, is such that any kind of, um, you know, the idea or the, the history of the tree is actually a pagan idea of um, bringing inside the outside in, um, you know, and it's the celebration of life or light and, the, and you know, so it's pretty fascinating. Um, I, I love history, right? So I'm, I always read about the origin of things, right? And a lot of the Christian traditions have been, you know, sort of hijacked um, from other traditions. So it really doesn't matter what you celebrate. The idea, the essence of this return to light, um, you know, whether the, the birth of the sun uh, or whatever that looks like, right? It's kind of fascinating if you dig in a little, um, you know, but most of the traditions have the same root, if you will. Yes. Andrew and I were actually just talking about that the other day about how, um, you know, in the, the, the Christian religion or those who are disciples of Jesus there, you know, he really spoke in not not simply in the books in the Bible, but in all of the all of the scrolls that kind of surround the books that, that were chosen by those men in that season and that time. Yeah. Um, uh, yes, and about how he constantly speaks to this way of living that is that is what he is here to show. Right, this way of living, this way of being grateful, of being kind, of you know taking care of those who are less fortunate than us, and and really stepping into that our best and highest purpose. I mean, he showed us that way, right? And how so many other religions have that person, That's that it. that archetype, being right? that showed the way. Yeah, the architect that showed the way. And that we've we kind of, we've gotten so lost with so many rules and everything being like a protocol and a ritual and and if it doesn't fall into this, then you can't consider yourself A, B, or C. It's like come on, like, let's, let's be open and experience when um, Amita was on Mo Moxie chat, I guess that was two weeks ago now. And we were talking about Diwali and oh, I love that. But yeah. And you were in, you were in the chat with us and, and there is, there's so much we can learn from others, right? There's so many things that we can learn from other people's traditions and, and the rituals that they've got that we can weave in and it doesn't make ours any less. Yeah. Uh, and at least that's what I believe, right? We can choose what we do. I, I can choose to set out water and have the moonbeams bless it or not. 
yeah. <laughs> which of course I did last night. Yeah, yeah. So I I was really inspired by Anita's the way that she described Wally, and you know, you know. So I definitely am going to be incorporating some of her wisdom into that tradition next year because I loved I loved it. I thought it was so beautiful and 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 again so intentional. What you're and and the heart of it to me, it, regardless of the words, it's you're inviting spirit into your home, right, into your life. And acknowledging the fact that we're more than a bag of bones, you know, that, you know, that to me is like what it's where the, the beauty comes in, right? Is that we're equally human and fully human, fully spirit. Um, mm. and, and that is the practice. Those are the practices that are inspired, you know. Well, and how appropriate that today is Giving Tuesday. Yep. And I, I think it must be about five or six years ago. Now I wrote a blog post about like 11 ways to give back because there are some people who simply like give gifting or giving is not their love language mm. and and when I, I do believe that when it's not your love language when you don't feel loved or blessed when people give you things it also isn't something that comes to mind either mm. and and not because you're malicious it's simply just not how your brain works. It's not how you your love language speaks. And so um, I wrote this blog post about all the different ways that we can give back and bless others so, so that they're actually experiencing the gratitude, mm. right? And that living in a state of a grateful spirit doesn't have to simply be because we're grateful, mm. right? It can be because we're blessing others into a grateful spirit as well. Mm. Like that's mm -hmm. part yeah. of our experience, right? Our, mm -hmm. our, our human experience mm. as, as, as souls and spirits. And so I remember, um, you know, it, it's of course the traditional things like how, how can you serve the homeless in your area? Now mm -hmm. I live in Seattle. We have a very bad homeless problem. We actually have a, a, a bad addiction issue mm. that turns into homelessness mm. and, uh, like right now, right? How, what does that look like? How do you serve the homeless? There's, they're not walking in a line next to each other getting food, mm. right? How that whole process has had to change in the season is a, an expensive shift. And so our food kitchens and the even food banks, they need help. Mm -hmm. They need so much help making sure that these people are getting food. So how can you look through what you've got mm -hmm. and what you're like, yeah, there are cans in your pantry that you have looked at a dozen times and you've looked over because you're like, yeah. you don't really like that. Yeah. I don't really like that. We all have those, right? <laughs> like get rid of them. Bless someone else. Sprinkle the glitter. That's the glitter, right? What yeah. do you, what are you holding onto in your, in your home? What do you, whether it's um, like, you can't give used blankets right now because of COVID. Mm -hmm. um, but what do you have tucked away? Like I have gifts that have been given to me that I never opened, never used because I already had something like that, mm -hmm. that, and so what, what do you, what are you sitting on? Mm. That's just gathering dust or, or, or even the shame that you're not using it, right? Mm. Like it's perfect, perfectly good socks. Why am I sitting on these? Like yeah. going through our things and just saying, how can this, this serve someone else? Uh, I don't know about you, but there's that feeling that I feel when I have organized a drawer is so magnificent. <laughs> I love the feeling of like opening the junk drawer and it's totally organized. 
I do too. It doesn't last very long in my head. No, never. It doesn't. However, I do love yeah. that like week. Yeah, I, I, I covet those moments actually where it's like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's no, it's so true. Yeah. I mean, but it's it, even extending that. Right. So again, we all have something to give and we have, we don't have to give in the same way. And in fact, when we are more in tune with our natural givingness, then we can all, um, you know, we're, we're, we're becoming the thread in the quilt, right? Mm. Um, we're honoring the thread in the quilt. And so even like leaving out birdseed, you know, for the birds, you know, who are preparing for winter, who, you know, where, whatever it can be, where we are giving back um, and not just taking and consuming, you know, is what this is about for me. I love that. Well, you know, and here's, here's a funny thing. Um, when you just talked about birds, it remind birds, not burbs, birds. <laughs> it reminded me of something that, I read one time because whenever I cut my, I cut my own hair. Like I, I don't all the time, but you know, like I'll every once in a while, give it a little trim. Yeah. You're bold. I have never done that. It, well, I mean, two of my best friends on the planet are like hair divas. Yeah. And so I've learned how to do it. Well, I've I'm learned how to do my own color and cut it. And so, um, <laughs> that wasn't the point actually the point was like so when I so even when I do like a trim and just take a little bit I always intentionally take that hair outside mm -hmm. and leave it for the birds and then I imagine like all of these little nests in the forest behind me like woven with we'll talk about red thread <laughs> like oh like literally it's keeping them warm and so something as sweet as you know just giving yourself a little trim and then don't throw that hair away. Like, bless the birds. Really? Fabric scraps. Yes. Apparently yes. Lint is not good from the dryer um, because of all the chemicals. Um, although, if you don't use chemicals um, in your dryer stuff, maybe. I don't know. You have to investigate that. But any of that material is wonderful nest material. So we have in our boxes um, that we ship things, There, it's like craft crinkle. Yes. Um, and sometimes we'll just leave little offerings of the craft crinkle and ribbons and stuff. And it's always gone. It always gets used. And so I mean, imagine um, that making wonderful filler for nests and the little babies. Um, oh, I love that. Yeah, it's so good. I um, love that. So what's happening? Um, what are what are you what are you guessing is going to be the hot gift from intentionalities this year? Do you have are you are you putting something out in the universe, is there something that you would would love people to be sipping more of? You know, that is a very good question. Um, you know, and to be honest, I have been mostly focused on my getting my book to done. You know, so I haven't been um, thinking about um, creating new teas this year. Although I am, um, we don't we have a spring blend and a summer blend, but we don't have a fall or a winter blend. Um, for me, winter is all about a wassail, um, you know, so that is something that, again, moving kind of more into our own, you know, oranges and lemons and, and wine and, or, you know, um, herbs and spices. So, yes. um, more so than something I would package, but, you know, I, I don't really, I mean, I think, um, obviously I really, I'm, I no, I don't, I don't really have an answer for that. I mean, you know? Well, let's think about it. And 
and uh, and all come together next week with some intention around that because I think that you know we can inspire others to do it, but I think it's important for us to to do it for ourselves and also to allow everyone who loves on us and you know, the people who love intentionalities too, right? Allow them. Um, I, I do love, love the idea that you're thinking of like a fall, winter. Um, when I was little, my mom used to make friendship tea. Mm. And I would love for you to do something friendship tea-ish, oranges and cloves and cinnamon. I love that. Um, especially if we're going to end up having our little women's retreat um, in the winters, we can have our sipping our friendship tea and yes. flames. I love that. Um, I just took a little note. Well, actually, um, I don't know why this is reminding me. So this was, um, I hired a um, wonderful artist. Her name is Tori Elena, and she is working on the book cover. Awesome. And this was her Insta picture. She is doing a lino cut of the tree of life for my book. Um, Gorgeous. Yes. And it has on, I don't know if you can see on the branches, those yes. are going to be red threads hanging off the branches. Awesome. Three. Um, Beautiful. Yeah. So this is, this is where my heart has been right now to try to get this done. And, um, you know, it's kind of beautiful. Well, it won't be done. Yes. Don't speak that. When it, <laughs> be careful. It's, it's getting it out, right? It, it's, introducing it and launching it into the world because it's it will only have just begun well and that is something i want to drop too because right now um i was listening to a master class with margaret atwood um which is seriously it was like i'm like obsessed with her she's an incredible writer and storyteller and yes the advertisements for that class are just spectacular yeah well it's it is spectacular and i'm doing it and i'm like obsessed with with it but what she says is that you write a book and this has been totally true for my process as well. You know, it, it takes a long time. You're sort of thinking about it, thinking about it, thinking about it, and maybe doing a little bit of research and all that kind of stuff. And then you sit and you write and you create, but now the, then the real work comes in the revisioning process. Yes. And she was saying, you know, the revision process is you revision to see if the book actually holds you know, and, and how do you revision what you wrote, you know, for what's next? And I was like, you know, that's totally what I'm doing right now. This whole revisioning, like as I've consumed more wisdom, insight, intel, whatever, you know, things have shifted and changed. And so it's this work of revisioning. Yes. Um, so, yeah, it's just super, it's such a cool process. Um, you know, I would love everybody to have at least some sort of experience of, of something like this, you know? Well, I think that it doesn't necessarily even need to be writing. It's it's the creating of something. The creating of something. Like it's that, the yeah. creating of something. And, and we all do that, whether we're baking cakes or making pies or writing books or directing short films, painting, uh, the- Even interior decorating, you know, the revisioning. Yes, revisioning and, and that fresh perspective. The hardest part for me as somebody who does put words on paper is reading, going back and reading my own words over and over and over again. A really hard time focusing on that. Mm. I already wrote it. Like, I want to just keep going. Like, so it, it is a process for me to slow down and to reconsume my words. Mm. Yeah, no, I'm with you on that totally. And, um, 
you know, I think the framework though of the editing process of revisioning is, is it might help with that, what you're doing, because instead of just consuming mm. and, you know, your own words, you're sort of feeling if it's still, uh, you know, if, if the words are communicating your intent, you know? Um, yeah. So that's really, really spectacular stuff. For sure. And, you know, the, you know, there's ways to be grateful for that as well, right? Like thinking how, how I'm walking into that kind of process. And again, for anyone who's creating anything right now, you know, how you, how we walk into it, if we have a, an, a grateful heart as we're looking at the words on the paper, right? Mm -hmm. Like I can be grateful. I can read the words on the paper. I can be, I, and I'm grateful for my new glasses that are progressives and I'm dealing with them because I can see both, I can see close and far now. <laughs> I have actually, so, you know, let's be grateful for glasses. I totally agree because yeah. it's so interesting. I remember when I was like in my twenties and thirties, I was like, I wonder if I'll ever wear glasses. Mm -hmm. You know, everyone in my family pretty much had glasses in their twenties and I didn't have glasses until I was in my forties. Oh wow! And now I need them. Yeah. Like I need them to read. So are you nearsighted or farsighted? I am farsighted. I have to have glasses to read. Okay. Like I need glasses to see what is. Yeah. Like I can read it. I can read it right now, but it doesn't look as pretty. It <laughs> looks more like a, you know, like a shadow has been cast on everything. Oh, yes. yeah. Stretching a little bit. Um, yeah. yeah um, I've been wearing glasses since I was in the sixth grade and um, I have always been nearsighted. So I have to have glasses. I didn't have glasses up close. And this past year I have had to switch. So these are progressives and um, it takes a little bit of getting used to. I'm struggling. I got them um, on Sunday. So. They're cute. Well, They're super it, duper cute. But yeah, it, I, know, I know what you're saying. I mean, it takes, it's so, our bodies are so amazing. Like, yeah. let's be grateful for all of the things that my body is doing and your body is doing right now without us having to think about it. Yeah. Like, How about the brain is working, right? To yes, she is on fire right now. But this is this is also like, being grateful for the fact that I can afford glasses. hundred percent. Like it's that's a huge, a huge part of, you know, we we forget about these things because they're so there's so much in our flow. They're it's normal for us to be able to go out and get a pair of glasses when we need them. And, you know, I think I saw the other day inside my one of my meditation apps that, you know, now is a really hard time for people. And so like there are people who are actually not able to even buy their app. Right. And so mm -hmm. these, this, this organization, and I think it was in the abide app and also maybe in the calm app where they're like, you can actually donate funds to the app for when people say, I want this, but I can't afford it. Mm -hmm. And so I, and I love that. I mean, I think that's such a great way. Like you can bless a stranger who'll never even know you, but you can sprinkle that. Meeting. That is my total jam. You know, it is, it is something, um, if you, that idea be, and being really intentional about it, right. Is one of the greatest paths of recognizing and solidifying our interconnectedness, mm -hmm. right? Yes. Because when I know someone else who I will likely never meet is okay and they're being okay is my, it is actually me being okay. Right. Because we're connected. 
We are, yes. Right? So like that practice of anonymous giving is a beautiful way of saying that, I, you know, we're, we are whole. Yes. You know, one. Yes. Well, and I think the more, the more we surround ourselves with like-minded in that, in that way, mm -hmm. right? Like we, there are things we're going to disagree on, like maybe pizza toppings or like <laughs> best movie ever, but the, the connection of that, we are all connected mm -hmm. and that walk the planet in that way. I think that we shine brighter. Every person that connects to us Mm. helps that beacon become brighter. And that's why it's so important to have the Stacy's and the Amitas and the Mia's and the Rebecca's and the Vanessa's surrounding us, right? Mm. Those, these other souls who are like, yes, I see that too. Mm -hmm. I see it too. And want to support that, you know, sprinkling that message in everything that they do and doing, you know, whether it's, you know, talking to your optometrist and saying, you know, here's $200. I'd love to bless somebody with a new pair of glasses mm -hmm. who can't afford it. Or, uh, you know, the dropping off the cans of food mm -hmm. that you don't need or, and that you'll never eat or that you'll eat begrudgingly. And who wants to put food into their body that they aren't going to be full of joy mm -hmm. consuming, right? We don't want to put that kind of negative energy in. So, um, I, I love that. I love thinking about the ways that you can not only be present with yourself, but also blessing someone else in the future mm -hmm. that you'll never, that you'll never know. There was one other thing that I had on the, uh, on the post yesterday around actually being the person to say thank you more often to others mm -hmm. and looking at the different ways. And I, I had to adjust it a little bit because it was like, you know, like hold the door open for someone. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, you know, that's not happening. I mean, it's not like people are going to the malls like crazy right now. Mm -hmm. And there's, you know, 10 people line up. But I was thinking about things like uh, writing thank you notes. Like the art of writing an actual thank you note. Oh, I, you're preaching. I, mean, I know. I, I was thinking well, about the other connection, right? That's the difference. Yes. Well, and so I was going to ask you if there is like what I'm, I'm sure I know there is, I'm not going to say if there is, but like, what are the, I'm sure there's like a breath, right. That we could be thinking as we're, um, that we'd not be thinking that we could be doing as we're writing, right. Like how do we bring and actually breathe gratitude into something like a thank you note, or for those of you who are like, oh, I'm not going to write a thank you note. Like I'm so tired of the world telling me to write a thank you. Well then like typing thank you on someone's Facebook page. Mm -hmm. right? Or going to their profile and leaving a love note or onto a comment on Instagram where you already are using your thumbs. <laughs> like, <laughs> you're doing the job. Uh, you know, like being more intentional about e even the energy, right? The breath of gratitude that we're breathing in and that we're exhaling when yeah. we're actually saying thank you to someone. Well, and when you sit down, right? Or even when you're sitting down to do your holiday cards or whatever, right? And if you just take a moment to ground and you center your energies. So instead of, you know, most of us, if we think of ourselves as our energies are just sort of, you know, splayed, right? Again, we've had this conversation before where, you know, it's like the bulb and it's just sort of everywhere. But when you're doing these acts of kindness or acts of gratitude, where if you were to pull your energies in towards that spinal column, right? Right, so you kind of like, imagine like, imagine like just imagine this big glowing ball around our bodies, right? And we kind of just like tuck it in and pull it in, right? So we can become a laser beam instead. You know, one of the things that I like to say is 
you know, when you're doing the breath from the mind to the heart, right, where our, our heart is the seat of the soul. So what we do is when we bring that seat of the soul into our mind's eye, you know, this is our, our place of wisdom. So we're connecting our soul with our knowing, right? Yes. You can also extend it out to your hands, right? So, and then the hands are the vehicle of the heart, you know? So when you write and you take a moment to pause, pull your energies in. So I, every day, one of my intent, intention, intentions that I actually physically state out loud is may my hands do the work of my heart. Mm. Oh, I love that. Right. May, may my feet walk softly on the earth. May my hands do the work of my heart. Because then when you're writing or whatever that is, you know, that heart is infused, that soul is infused. And I believe energetically um, that's received. So, um, you know, kind of just, again, it's about mind-heart connection and made my hands to the work of my heart. So. And again, I, we come back to this, like visualizing the breath, visualizing the breath coming in, being around your heart, going to your head. I love the idea of now like actually seeing it flowing, right? Flowing through the hands and doing the work. And I, it all comes back to the intentions, right? And you are so, so wonderful to always weave that into all of the advice, uh, all of the the wisdom that you share with all of us. So are, are we ready now? I, f I feel ready for <laughs> meditation time after that. Cause like, I'm like, Ooh, yeah, well, you know, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna continue from last week, right? Because um, last week we worked on the chakras, and that seemed to really resonate. And because we're creating benchmark from week to week, um, we're going to uh, do that again. So, and the reason why it's nice to have practices like this back to back is because we are constantly in motion and transformation, right? And so I definitely want to make sure that people acknowledge, witness, and observe how their body and, and things shift from, um, from moment to moment, right? From week to week. So let's go ahead and find that comfortable seat. Connect to the breath. Focusing on the very base of our spine, our root. The root chakra, the associated color is red. Imagine this light, this red growing brighter with every inhale. And the, the attached mantra is, I am safe. Moving up the spinal column to the space below the navel. So this is our sacral chakra, our place of creativity, sensuality, and the associated color here is orange. So big breath in, imagine that orange growing brighter and stronger. And the associated mantra here is, I am creative. Moving up to the space above the navel, this is our Manapura chakra, our, uh, our uh, solar plexus, our, our place of energy and will. With every inhale breath, this yellow ball grows brighter and stronger. And the mantra is, I am enough. Moving into our heart chakra, 
dissociated color here is green. Big breath in. The mantra is I am love. To our throat, Shuddha Chakra. Uh, associated color here is a uh, indigo blue. Big inhale, that blue light at the throat grows brighter. And the associated mantra is I am truth. Moving our awareness to the space between the brows, Ajna Chakra. The color associated here is a violet, purple color. Big breath in, the violet grows brighter and stronger. And the associated mantra is I am wisdom. And finally, the crown chakra, the space over the, the head, the associated color is a white, beautiful light or a golden beam or even rainbow. And the mantra associated with the crown chakra is I am. And then some even say there's an eighth chakra hovering just above the seventh, and that's the archetypal, um, the archetypal chakra. That's the one that's associated with this collective consciousness. And just try to imagine what an eighth chakra may be in, in your imagination, your intuition. And just sort of breathing to that, that knowing that interconnectedness. And then open your eyes. <sighs> so good. Uh, I, uh, last week when we did this, I shared with you when we uh, were in the green room after the show that I could not see orange. I was freaked out about it. And I lost myself in the rest of the meditation mm. because I was like, why can't I see the orange? Why can't I see the orange? Why can't I see the What is going on? And it was... That was a divine poke for me. It was like, I needed to pay more attention to that. And I, I shared it with you. So I made it real, mm -hmm. <laughs> right? I, I shared what, what that, that feeling. Mm -hmm. And it was almost, I, I almost felt fearful of it. Right. Mm -hmm. It was like, it was, it scared me. Why can't I see it? Mm -hmm. And I couldn't see it because I was supposed to experience that I was supposed to experience not being able to see it mm -hmm. and feeling blocked by it. And so I did some of the work that you said, you know, I was shaking, shaking my, your sacral shaking my junk. And I have to say like it, it opened me up. I created so many things, so many, did so many like wildly creative things around my home. I made my first coconut cream pie. Oh, I saw that. It looked from scratch. Fun. Yes. From scratch, like everything from Ooh, scratch, I everything. We really have to move next door to each other. Yeah. It was like, I could not, it was so beautiful. And I mean, I was even doing like the, you know, <laughs> it, was cooking. it was so good. Just a little shake, shake, shake. And the um, that inspired me to then look deeper into Reiki because I was on my walk and it's no, it is no mistake. It is, it isn't like, Oh, by luck. It was absolutely divine uh, introduction to this podcast where this woman was talking about her Reiki practice. Mm -hmm. 
And the woman who was interviewing her was too much for me, like too much for me. <laughs> she was like, like the whole time I was like, I was like, oh, just take a deep breath, please. But she's in that space, right? She mm-hmm. is like, like wild. And she's interviewing this woman about her Reiki practice and and how this this gal goes to see her. And when she went to see her, what happened to her and the Reiki master is talking and she's going and I'm thinking, I would love to do that, but I would not want to be, I wouldn't want people in my home. Mm. Like I would. And, and so I like, I was building this mental block in my head because I, I know that being a healer isn't all of us. And I've experienced it. I've healed Andrew. Mm-hmm. I know it. I have healed mm-hmm. myself. I know it's possible. And yeah. so I want to do more training around it. And right as my mind is building up this wall, like, mm, you know, like a bunch of hands around people. She's like, and, you know, my phone practice, my virtual practice has exploded. And I'm like, virtual Reiki? Yeah, distance Reiki. It's a level two practice. Hello. Fell in love, did a ton of research, found this amazing woman. I'm taking her classes now. Oh, yay. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm And I'm so excited about it. And I'm so excited about it for a couple of reasons. Um, who souls that walk in my home with me, because they are going to get all sorts of Reiki <laughs> practice in with me. <laughs> well, we can do distance Reiki. We can practice on each other. Um, yes. Yes. I love it. When you learn the symbols, we can practice, and um, yes, it'll be it'll be good stuff. I don't really talk about that stuff a lot of times, just because I can already be out there as a creative, right? So I, I keep some things close to the chest. But this year, I've decided that you know, I just don't care anymore. And if people think it's goofy, then maybe they can experience it, or we can have a conversation about it. But I I don't really care. So yeah, they're they're simply not ready for you yet. If they don't get it and they will be, or they won't. And that is out of your control. Yes. And, um, but I actually, like I said, I, so many of my, my friends have actually gone, have become Reiki masters. Um, I, I did it during my 500 hour training for yoga. Uh, it wasn't something that I pursued, but, um, but yeah, and I absolutely believe it. And every day, actually part of my ritual is I balance my own chakras with my Reiki. Um, and I feel like that helps create that clear channel of creation so which is exactly what this woman was talking about in the podcast okay yeah it's real actually it's so like i i feel like my energy is going to explode out of my body because (laughs) i it was when we have those moments and what's so interesting is i i think that when we are open to allowing ourselves to step into our highest and best self yeah when we're not hiding her because we're worried of someone else's opinion that she jumps for joy and I am, I, I, we're walking this path right next to each other. Um, Mia, I've seen it with Mia, um, who was here through the meditation. Uh, I've seen it happening with her over the last year. I've seen her become, step into her mouthy activist role. Mm, and it. she is, it's so, it's so beautiful to watch mm. and experience it and to support it. And, and I think that there's so many women who are in their forties and their fifties right now and sixties, there's kind of that, like that 40, 50, 60. Yeah. Where other people's. (laughs) Yes. Well, and I think that it's, again, I don't believe that any of this is new. I don't believe that our moms didn't experience something like this. However, I think a lot in the generations before they didn't have the access to connect with each other like we do. Yeah. And to really explore it and accept it. So like, I think my mom probably went through something like this, but it was like, shh. Yeah. 
like, I don't know about that. That might be a little, you know, wackadoodle. Um, well, <laughs> and because she didn't have access to be live or Facebook live or whatever, and having these conversations and hearing other people having them and creating um, a sense of connection and, and quote unquote normal, like it's, yeah. there isn't one normal. There isn't, right? And we're giving each other permission yeah. to explore, you know, and that and that I think is a beautiful uh, and and maybe the thing that we should be most grateful for, you know, is permission to be, right? Mm -hmm. So I could not have uh, thought of a better way to end the show. So permission good. to be. Cheers to you, my friend. Bye, guys. My wellness tea. Bye, everyone. We'll see you next week. Take care. Sprinkle gratitude. Don't forget. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Thank you for spilling the tea with Molly and me today. It was our heart's desire to provide a lens for focus, a place to uncover the opportunities that abound, and create a moment to embrace grace and gratitude as we celebrate the beauty that is swirling all around us. To connect with us, head on over to our current collaboration site, moxieonfire.com and sign up for updates. That's moxieonfire.com. Let's all go forth and lead with love, trust, and faith.